0: Hello, how are you? I'm Katie Smith. I'm honored to be with you today, although a little bit sad because um today in the area of Nashville, Tennessee, we are deeply affected and coping with a massive trauma. There was a live shooter event yesterday at Covenant Elementary School, and it's just gut-wrenching and heartbreaking and um lives have been lost. Um Stories have yet to be told about that and what happened and why. Um, but what I want to do with you today is come to you from a place of healing, from a place of hope, from a place of experience, and let you know that if you have been affected by a serious trauma or if you are affected by a serious trauma in the future, that there is hope for that. There is recovery for that. So there are three main categories that I want to talk about on this um, episode. Uh, It's kind of funny that this is my, not funny, kind of interesting that this is my first episode for the Katie Speaking Live True podcast, which is all about living truly in light of who God has made you to be and what he says about you. Um, when we do that, it will change the world. When we live from a place of applying what God says about us as true, it will change the world. It will change us. Um, and there are ways to do that. We're actually going to cover some of those ways to live true here on this podcast today. So we've got that coming up, but the three areas that we're going to focus on, um, when it comes to coping with trauma are going to be dealing with the immediate threat We're going to be talking about coping as a family. And then we're going to be uh, talking about things that my community did well. Then the last thing we're going to be talking about, actually, it's going to be five things or four things, is uh, healing. So the things that we're going to be talking about on coping with trauma are the immediate threat, coping as a family, things that my community did well when I was a child experiencing a trauma, and then the healing area of trauma because there is healing and there is hope. Um, I am a Christian. I love the Lord and I believe the Lord has a purpose and a plan in everything. And so I'm just going to take a moment to pray for your heart and mine as we jump into this blueprint for coping with trauma. Lord Jesus, I thank you that what your word says is true, whether we feel it or not, whether we are able to apply it to our situation right now or not, what you say in your word is true. And you say, even in the worst kind of evil, that you are with us and that you love your children. So for those who are listening right now, if they are not your children, Lord, I pray that they would seek you and find you. I pray for those who are your children, Lord, that they would be living in a close step with you, that they'd be living true before you in all areas of their lives. Lord, we commit this time to you. I pray that it would bless the listeners in the name of Jesus, that this would bring hope, that this would bring answers, this would bring calm, that they would know not only are they not alone, but you mighty God who made heaven and earth, you can take the worst of situations and turn them for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. May this generation know you, God, and follow you wholeheartedly. May we heed the warnings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So uh, thank you so much for joining me. Let's jump right in. So first thing in this three-step coping with trauma blueprint is if you are in an immediate threat situation. So an immediate threat situation, you're going to be harmed, or there is someone who is actively trying to harm you. If it's a live shooter situation, hit the floor first and foremost. Um, and then hide is number two, hit the floor and hide. If you have no other training, if you have no other time hit the floor and hide, (laughs) that's for an active shooter event. Um, you can write those things down, hit the floor and hide, hit the floor and hide, immediate threat. That's number one on our coping with trauma blueprint. Number two is coping as a family, coping as a family. And this is where I'm going to pull from a local kind of celebrity counselor. Her name is Sissy Goff. She's with Daystar. Uh, You can follow her on social media at Sissy Goff. And this is what she says. She has 11 steps. And I'm going to see if I can share my screen with you because I want you to be able to see this. Yep. All right. So these are my show notes. You're going to get to see them right now. Um, actually, here we go. Yep. There we go. Um, so these are Sissy's uh, steps right here. We're going to go through them together. And you can come back to this as a reference again and again, but this is for um, step two of coping with trauma. This is for how to cope as a family. So first and foremost, uh, when you're talking with your kids or someone else's kids, your own students, you want to stay calm. (laughs) You want to stay calm. Number two, you want to be the one who tells them what happened and only share the facts. So in this case of the Nashville shooter, um, someone entered a school, they shot other people. The event is over. That person is no longer shooting people. The police have secured the situation. Nobody else is getting harmed and there will be more information forthcoming. So that would be a way to be the source. Number two, number three is to let them lead. So Beyond sharing the facts, Sissy recommends that you let them ask the follow up questions, or if they want to go deeper on the topic, you let them decide that. Uh, Don't feel any need to share more information than that because young people, they just can't handle it. They just don't have the bandwidth for more than that. Um, Number four is to give them space to feel. So if your kids, your students are more emotional than usual, uh, give them the grace that they so desperately need to be able to feel their feelings and assure them number 5 that it's okay to feel and you can even cry with them and um I was talking with my 20-year-old last night about this and I said you know I I always like I processed with my kids I tried not to overshare but sometimes I I shared a lot mm-hmm. and and my kids even said or my son even said you didn't do too much so um that was good. He said, you didn't do too much. You didn't share too much. Um, We felt like that was appropriate. And so I really appreciated him sharing that with me um, and that he knows how to process these things a little bit better because of how I processed with him. So I'm thankful for that. Number six, answer questions in an age-appropriate manner. And honestly, kind of talked about that already. Number seven, talk about what they can control. So they can't control anything that happened at school, but they can control, remember step one of the blueprint is when you're in an immediate situation, they can control that and they can control the response to that. Um, Then we want to look for helpers and to be a helper. This is about like future looking, right? This isn't about the immediate crisis. This is about the next evening the next day how can they be a helper it just gives us something positive to focus on that really helps our hearts and minds to adjust to what's happening is to focus on okay how can we be a helper um how can we be one to serve others what can we do that's kind Uh, can we bring cookies you know like it could be something as simple as that can we write a note to one of the police officers or can we write a note to the family one of the families right um Can we draw a picture for one of the families? I'm going to start crying. Um, So ask your children. I love that Sissy brought this one up. Ask your child or children, what would help them feel safe at school? And that might be a bigger conversation. Maybe go to Chick-fil-A, get their favorite meal and ask them what would help them feel safe. Number 10 is don't feel like you have to have all the answers. Praise God for that. You just be with your child in the moment. And then remind them of the truth that you know. Um, And this is where knowing the gospel is really important. This is where being on fire for Jesus really serves you well, because if you're walking in step with the spirit, you are going to be able to have that as a resource that you can share over and over and over and over again. So um, that is step two of the blueprint that we are talking about today. Uh, which is coping as a family. And that was Sissy Goff's advice. So again, if you want to go follow Sissy Goff on Instagram, um, I was just going over her page last night and preparing for today. She's got some amazing content. So really good stuff for families. Um, so the third thing uh, that we want to talk about is things that communities can do well. I am, I know. Um, so I was kidnapped and raped as an 11 year old. It happened on my school property. Uh, my school knew knew about it. I went to a public school. They, everyone knew what had happened to me. And there were some things that my community did really well. One of the things that they did was everybody came over that night. I mean, it was unbelievable. Everyone came over, but they didn't know how to talk to me or be with me. So they all like They were all like emotional and processing, right? Like nobody had a blueprint for how to deal with, cope with trauma. So they actually all went to my mom's room and I was like sitting in the living room with my best friend alone. And I was talking to my mom about this not too long ago. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We didn't mean to leave you alone. We just didn't know what to do. Fair enough, right? So what you can do that's really great is be together, spend time together, process your feelings as a community. I know that the church commun- connected to the school, the church connected to the school had a meeting last night. Um, there's another church that is having a meeting tonight. The Belonging Co, if you watch them online, they had a meeting last night to pray and come together as a community. That's one of those things that you can do really well um, that will help your community heal and individuals heal too. So whether it's a community trauma or group trauma, having a group event or asking for a group event at your church or at your YMCA can really be helpful. Um, Other things that my community did well, uh, my school did a fundraiser and that was amazing for me to see them come together. They actually, um, the art teacher designed like these banners and they had like sticky tabs that you could peel off on the four corners and the banners were like uh, only about 12 inches wide, but they were about three feet long. And you could like literally paste them in the back window of your car. So it would say like in an emergency call 911 or something like that. And you could keep those little banners in your glove compartment. And so this art teacher at my school made it a fundraiser. And at the end of the school year, because my kidnapping happened at the beginning of the school year. So by the end of the school year, they hadn't caught the perpetrator. The reward money was just sitting there and they actually gave it to us. And, um, that was so touching. Like, um, my mom used it to buy me this beautiful bedroom set. And, um, It was just such a beautiful, like redemptive way to handle that situation. And, um, I love beautiful things. And so, and I had never had matching furniture, so it was really beautiful just to get to pick out my bed and pick out my desk with the bookshelf on it and pick out my, um, bedding even. And, um, so that was something that my community did really well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I hope, and I've already seen one fundraiser by, uh, live love Nashville and um, they're they're raising money already, so I would just say get involved in fundraisers, create a fundraiser. Um, these families are going to have a lot of expenses, and so it's going to be great if uh, the community can help share the burden with that. Um, all right, <laughs> and lastly, how to heal? How to heal from this trauma? Um, so. Just sharing from my own story and how God has helped me heal from my trauma, I would say that there are going to be levels of forgiveness. You've got to decide right now that you're going to forgive and um, that you're going to forgive everyone involved because fingers are going to point and it's it you know everybody's going to want to blame something or someone for what happened. But the reality is evil and sin is in the world. And that is why the gospel, Jesus being the savior of the world is the answer. It's Jesus that changes hearts. That's what we need. We need changed hearts. We do, we need changed hearts. That's what we need. And Jesus is the one who gives that and offers that. So decide now that you're going to forgive. Decide now that you're going to press in in your faith and really allow the Lord to love you. Um, I I wrote in my notes that my definition of forgiveness of the person who kidnapped and raped me was to release him from my wrath. Um, I was bitter. I was hurt. I was confused. I was angry. I was acting out and I didn't even know it. Um, Those are all normal emotions when you've gone through a trauma. Don't be afraid to have your heart exposed. Don't be afraid of correction either. If yucky stuff comes out of your heart. It's because God wants to release you from it. So just know that he's got a good purpose and a plan for your heart, for this hurt, and for what's coming next. So four key areas that God used to heal me of trauma, getting in the word, knowing what he says about me, getting in community. Uh, I had an amazing church family. It really helped Um, counseling, I went to a lot of counseling, um, gone to counseling over the years, many different times. And then of course, my personal favorite is prayer journaling because you can do it anywhere at any time. I started pouring out my heart in journals in prayer. I even published one of them and you can see what it looks like at Katie, seventh grade prayer But I just want to pray for you now. I've given you a lot of ideas and a lot of different things to, to process. Um, if this was helpful to you, I hope that you will share this with other people. Um, that is why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing is to point you to Jesus, to point you to hope, to point you to live from a place of truth. And what what we're going to be tempted to do in a time of trauma is just like shut down, right? Be in shock. And what I want to encourage you to do is instead of going inward, get into the word, get into community, find a good counselor, get into prayer journaling. Those things will be tools that can help you heal for the long run. Let's pray. Father God, you are in control. You know all, you see all. I pray for those listening right now that are just reeling, reeling from what they've been through, reeling from how this has triggered other events and memories, Father God, you are the source of all healing. You are the source of hope. You are here. You are present. This is not outside of your scope. There is evil in the world. And as we turn to Jesus Christ, as we turn to Jesus Christ, he does a miracle in us and we get to share that miracle with others. Father, it is your redemptive plan that we carry your message of hope and love to others. May we be so consumed and able to receive your love, practicing receiving your love, that we would have cups that overflow, that we could pour out to others. That is your plan. Thank you, God, for this time. Bless my friend who's listening right now, Father. We say peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you, friend.